Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We're recording on the night of May 25th here, just after Julio Tehran's first start in a Brewers uniform. Because we want we wanted to talk about this, but we had to wait and see how the game was going to go. And Matt, I mean, obviously a lot has has happened since we last recorded here. But Julio Tehran, really kind of the the big news. The Brewers signed him after he opted out of his minor league deal with the Padres, and now he's a Brewer. Signed, signed with the Brewers after a rotation, and his first start went uh, went pretty well, all things considering. Yeah, quite a bit better than I expected it to go. That's for sure. Um, five innings, four hits, and a run. Struck out five. Uh, this was after, you know, yeah, he was only pitching in AAA for San Diego. Had an ERA over five, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, comes in, and, like, he's been a good pitcher in the past, but that was, like, 2019 and earlier that that yeah. was. You know, he's getting up there in age for a pitcher a little bit, and as far as I was concerned, if he kept it at, three, four earned runs, I was going to be happy, and I wouldn't have been surprised if the Brewers just moved on right after that because, you know, it's a patch job for a 10-day stretch of games. Well, he came in, did his job, did his job well, and, hey, might actually be a little bit of good insurance to have for the rotation considering they are in a ridiculous and even tighter spot. Every time we come on to record, something, someone new has gotten injured with the rotation, and we're uh, throwing more patches on it. But this one seemed to be pretty sturdy. Yeah, Eric Lauer, the latest one to hit the injured list, putting the Brewers in an even tougher spot, where, you know, we were saying they need to look externally. We had it up on the site. It's like, okay, who could they trade for? Because you're looking for someone good, right? You know, anyone available now is pretty much off the scrap heap, which is where the Brewers found Julio Tehran. Mm-hmm. He's off the scrap heap, straight up. Minor, like, he wasn't even in the major leagues with the Padres. He hadn't pitched in the major leagues since the beginning of 2021. It, it's been a while for him. He was in the independent ball and the Mexican league in 2022. That's where he was pitching last year, Mexico. And now the Brewers call him up and he has an excellent start against the uh, San Francisco giants. Got completely squandered because he got no run support. Getting yep. shut out after shutting out the World Series, the reigning World Series champion Houston Astros, the two nights before. Baseball, man, it's it's quite the game. But uh, yeah, it, it it was a great start by him, and the Brewers signed him to a one and a half million dollar deal. Uh, unclear if if it if that's the prorated rate, if he's getting just a full one and a half million, or if that's prorated over the full season, which means he'd be getting a little less. Not quite sure. Uh, also, one million available in potential incentives for him. So, pretty nice deal for Tehran. Gets himself back in the big leagues, and it looks like the Brewers are planning to to keep him around for for quite a bit, signing him to that kind of a deal. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Um, not just your standard league veteran minimum deal that you maybe expected coming into this. Like they expect him to be around here for a little bit and you look at his pedigree again this is a while ago um but Tehran was a he was a two-time all-star with the Braves he finished fifth in rookie of the year voting in 2013 his all-star years were in 2014 and 16 um he was he was the ace of that rotation for a hot minute like he was good this is a guy that's you know um was one of the top pitchers in the in the National League Mm -hmm. but yeah the last few years just like uh that production fell off a cliff um, but you know, that clearly they know the talent that's there. Maybe they saw, you know, maybe they scouted his minor league games and saw that there was more than what the numbers kind of held. Maybe they scouted him before that even, um, I don't know, but with those kind of numbers on that contract, yeah, they're that that's not a, you know, sign him and dump him kind of guy that say, Hey, we want you to be around for a little bit and contribute especially over the next, I mean, we've got over a month until we get Miley or Woodruff back. And that's on the, you know, uh, optimistic side, optimistic side. Exactly. 
Uh, it could be even longer. So they may need to run services for quite some time, and that's quite a good audition, if I do say so myself. Yeah, absolutely. And according to John Heyman, there were a bunch of other suitors uh, for Julio Tehran, and the Brewers, you know, sensing the need in their rotation, they're like, all right, we'll go a little bit bigger here on the contract in order to get you in the fold because, dude, we need you. And they needed him, and they got a great start out of him. And they've gotten great starts the past three times, past three games, from Julio Tehran, Adrian Hauser, and Colin Ray. <laughs> yep. And if you had told me this is, like, that's the stretch you were going to see the Brewers have from their starting rotation in May, if you had told me that at the beginning of the season, I'd have thought you were nuts. Mm-hmm. But... This is a situation that the Brewers find themselves in, and they've gotten some great start from, starts from these guys, and now they get to turn it back over to Freddie Peralta and then Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns coming off uh, a little bit of a, of, a, of a rough outing his last time out. Um, but still, I'd feel comfortable giving the ball to Burns every fifth day. Yeah, let's hope that this series goes the same as that Houston Astros series, that they're getting all the runs scored. The Giants are getting all their runs scored out of their system in one game. And then Burns and Peralta come in and it's shutout, shutout. I mean, hey, it theoretically, those are the two guys you really want on the mound if that's what you're, how you're hoping the series ends. Yeah. Um, but the problem is you've got to put up some freaking offense. The Brewers got shut out again tonight. Is that their fifth or sixth shutout at this point? Um, or is it even yeah. more than that? Um, it's yeah. So they've been shut out several times. They've shut out their opponents several times at this point, but offense overall is pulling it up right as we were starting to record. The Brewers have dropped to ha- coming into today had dropped to 22nd in the league in runs scored at 4.18 per game. That's tied with the White Sox and just barely above the Washington Nationals, if that uh, gives you a little bit of sad context for how the Brewers' offense is going recently. Um, And with zero runs scored tonight, they're going to probably drop a spot or two in those rankings. So something needs to get this offense cooking because you're, again, like your fill-ins for the rotation are doing their job. And the last two Day is great. They had some offense that they were able to uh, back them up with, but tonight they didn't. There's been other games where they didn't. Like, they got to step it up, man, because this this rotation. There's going to be some days, considering the names in this starting rotation. There's going to be some days where they're going to give up some runs, and the Brewers are going to need to outslug their opponents. T- yeah. Tonight they barely had to do anything, and w- weren't able to do anything. Yeah, the, this uh, loss to the Giants was the seventh time the Brewers have been shut out it was, okay. uh, this season. Um, and yeah, the the off the guys on the offense need to step up. And uh, one of them who has certainly is Owen Miller. We got to talk Owen Miller. Oh man, so Owen Miller has been lighting. It is Owen Miller's world, and we're all just living in it. He is lighting <laughs> the world on fire here in the month of May. Uh, I, I think he's hitting like 400 or close to it for the month of May. He's hitting like 340 on the season like he's right up there with the with the league leaders and he's in contention for a batting title owen miller who'd have thought that i i I thought he was a long like it it was a tough road for him to make the roster coming out of spring training and now here he is putting himself in the lineup every single day i mean craig council can't take him out at this point no, no matter what alignment he wants to use defensively, you cannot take Owen Miller out of the lineup. Right, and it's a good thing he can play a hell of a lot of positions because that gives him that opportunity to get in the lineup even more. He fell, he might have been 400 before the game started, um, but his 0 for 4 dropped him to only 375 in the month of May Ugh. with a 656 slugging percentage. Like, wow. he's that, that's the thing, he's, he's not just hitting like he's hitting doubles he's hitting homers like he's he's doing everything right now and playing a damn fine defensive third base Mm -hmm. by the way 
Like he's had some plays over there that have been really nice. Not quite Brian Anderson elite level because that bear hander that Brian Anderson had the other day was freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but Miller's had some diving stops and, you know, long throws across the diamond for an out. Um, so he's doing it offensively. He's doing it defensively. And yeah, you have to find a way to keep him in the game. And, and I'm, I'm glad that council like is realizing that and sticking with it. Cause you know, he does tend to stick to his platoons a little bit and t- stick to his rotations um, but you, you just can't deny how hot he is right now. Keep that bat in the lineup and they have, and it's paying off for the Brewers in some games. Like I can't imagine where the Brewers would be now if they didn't have Owen Miller hitting the way that he is. Yeah. Yeah. The, he's been huge for them and it, it's everything that, that they've needed, especially with Garrett Mitchell going down. They've needed someone to really kind of step up and provide a spark offensively. And that's really what Owen Miller has has been able to do. And another guy providing a, a bit of a spark since arriving and, and also kind of a, a surprise, un, unexpected arrival, Darren Ruff. Yeah. Uh, the, the Brewers signed him to a one-year deal when they really kind of needed some help uh, in that area against left-handed pitchers. Luke Voigt going on the injured list, so they signed Ruff. And in his few games, I mean, he's only got a handful of at-bats, but he's hitting 286. You know, he's he's getting hits, he's getting on base, he, he's doing what he was signed to do, and really can't complain about that. Sure, more power would be great, but also it's been like, what, 14 at-bats? You know, really can't complain. How do you not have a home run by now? He should have <laughs> had one. He almost had oh, one yeah. uh, on Thursday here against the Giants, but Mike Yastrzemski robbed him of it uh, at the wall, r- reminding me of Low Kane jumping mm-hmm. up against the wall over there. Almost had it, but Mike Yastrzemski robbed him of, of that home run. But Darren Ruff has also been a pretty solid addition in his handful of at-bats so far. Yeah, and he really wasn't hitting poorly with the Giants when they ended up letting him go. He kind of just was, you know, he, he's getting up there. The roster math didn't work. He's, yeah. Right. He's 36. They've got a lot of young guys that they want to play. He just kind of got pushed out a little bit, um, but he was, I mean, he had a 370 on base percentage through, it was only nine games that he got to play, um, but like he was doing his job, uh, ends up getting DFA'd and Brewers pick him up and yeah, he's doing what the Brewers were hoping Luke Voigt would have done after he ended up winning a, a spot out of, out of spring training. And so, you know, that's going to lead to some interesting decisions to make once Voight is ready to return from the injured list. I, you can't keep both of them. Like they're they're no. limited uh, positionally, so it's one or the other. That's it. Um, yeah. Voight's Same younger. thing that they have with Keston Hira. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Voight's younger, but he has been struggling in the spot the Brewers need him to uh, be good at, which is hitting against lefties. And Ruff hasn't been struggling. I. I don't know. It, it'll it, we, we've got some time to uh, worry about that. Voigt's actually been doing uh, pretty okay down in his rehab starts. He had a home run uh, earlier tonight for the Sounds. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. But Ruff has been a nice little again. Like it's not like he's not clobbering home runs. He, he hasn't uh, knocked in any no RBIs yet even. Um, but he's contributing. So you know. Do, he's doing his job, and that's really just what they need him to do. You that's need all you can ask. That, that guy that, you know, that benched bat, that rotational guy, you know, you have to be able to battle the fact that you're not getting that regular playing time and still find a way to be productive. And he's found a way to do it, and Voight hasn't necessarily. Um, yeah. Now Voight ended up being injured. How long was that affecting him? I don't know. Um, yeah, well, but, and then also Voight starts like a rehab assignment like what five days later right. like a week later like, like he started his rehab assignment pretty quickly yeah and my guess is the brewers are going to have him on that rehab assignment for quite a bit mm-hmm. just to try to get him going like like a way to option him to the minors and give him regular everyday at bats to try to just get him into a groove get him into a rhythm i, I think that's what we're going to see because you can send guys on a rehab assignment i believe for 30 days 
um, before you have to make a decision on, on what to do there. So, I mean, they could put him down there for, for quite a bit if they want to, recovering from that neck strain, and, you know, see if he's able to get hot. And if he can't, then move on and, and see what Ruff does. Uh, if he does get hot and, and Ruff goes cold, then they can call him up, move on from Ruff, do whatever it is that, that they need to do, but just kind of give him that runway to figure it out, to figure out uh, what he's going to going to do if he's going to be able to contribute. Yeah, but then again, it's you know how how much do you read into you know him doing well at AAA? It's like the whole Kesson Hira quandary almost all over again. It's yeah. like Kesson Hira does well in AAA, um, so to do well in rehab starts down there. You should do well in rehab starts if you're a, a major league baseball player. It's the question is whether he can do it once he gets back up to the majors. Yeah. And I, but also I if he struggles, then that tells you another thing is. Exactly. Well. If you can't even do it down in AAA, well, that at least answers the question. That's very true. Yeah. 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 So we'll see where it goes. Uh, that'll be a conversation for another podcast when we actually get the decision from yes. the Brewers and, and see which direction they go. Uh, in the meantime, the Brewers have been, let's see, let's see, they've been losing Pitchers left and right, Wade Miley, Eric Lauer, and Matt, you wrote about Robert Gasser mm-hmm. and whether or not they should be giving him a call. Obviously, they've, they've called upon Julio Tehran, but this rotation is still very short on depth. And it was apparently reported that the Brewers were considering Robert Gasser. And Matt, that I think gives you also a little bit of a... Um, you know, pat on the pat on the back kind of a moment, being like, yeah, they were considering the guy I was telling them to consider. They should, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, that this is, of course, uh, was written before the Brewers ended up signing Tehran, so, like, that kind of squashed that a little bit. But at the time, Lauer had gone on the IL. You're looking at Adrian Hauser, who had had one good start and one bad start at that point. Colin Ray, who had had basically a lot of poor starts in a row at that point. And it was like, a, you know, if, if these guys aren't going to fit and, you know, they end up going on to have good starts against the Astros, that's great. Um, but it was kind of a, like, it, if, if, if you're just patching holes, why not at least see what you've got with, you know, one of your most talented pitchers in the minors and of your talented, most talented pitchers in the minors, the only one of them who's at AAA right now, especially at least referring to the ones on the prospect list. Um, he's Gasser is a pitcher who the Brewers absolutely love. They've been moved. They moved him up to AAA really fast after he dominated AA after they acquired him um, at some point soon. Like there, there's a possibility we see him at some point this year, at worst, we probably see him next year, um, but he's got the stuff. He, he's he's striking out guys left and right down in AAA. He's got the stuff that could play well. It, in a perfect world where, you know, our rotation is completely healthy, I don't want to see him anywhere near the majors. But <laughs> if with your rotation and the situation that it's in, it was kind of a like, why not? And if he does well, great. He does well. Maybe you ride him for a little bit. Maybe you send him back with a confidence boost. If he doesn't, he's not the first prospect to come up and have a not great start. He's got something to work on down in AAA then. Um, all of that said, uh, he had a rough start tonight for Nashville. He went four innings, gave up uh, seven runs, five earned on Oof. 10 hits. Uh, yeah, to the Iowa Cubs, of course, of all teams. So. Uh. So that said, he ends up getting roughed up at AAA, of course. Um, but, again, like even the Brewers were considering it. Like they, they're they aware of the talent that they have here and how close he is to breaking into the majors. Um, you, you know, it's only a matter of time at this point. And, hey, if that injury bug stays around and takes out another uh, starter, knock on wood, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, hey, who knows? Maybe you do end up seeing him. But... He's a guy who's going to contribute soon for the Brewers. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, and, you know, especially if uh, you know some of the guys like Colin Ray or, or Adrian Hauser or Julio Tehran 
aren't able to continue this this trend of pitching well. But if they fall backwards, if Ray kind of falls backwards to what he did before, or Hauser starts to struggle, you know, then they could be looking at at, at someone like Gasser to to pop in uh, if needed. Otherwise, you're looking at Jansen Junk. And you know, of the two, I, I'd like to see Gasser get a shot. You know, Junk only got one really. Uh, you know, you know he's going to get some more opportunities as well. But I'd like to see Gasser at least get a shot here at some point. Uh, but yeah, with, with the rotation in, in dire straits, that's that's what you're going to be going to be looking to. Um, speaking of injuries and returns, Luis Arias has gone on a rehab assignment, and he is going to be on his way back soon. And that puts the Brewers in a real pickle when it comes to their position player group because it was already kind of a struggle, you know, in the beginning of the season, you know, opening day roster, trying to fit everybody onto it, especially in that infield. When Arias got hurt on opening day, you know, as unfortunate as it was, it did clear out the infield log jam a little bit. Now that he's coming back, what do the Brewers do? With that group, because Arias going on the injured list is what allowed Joey Weimer to come up to the big league roster. And now, given the injury to Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer is not going to be going back down. No. So you're keeping Joey Weimer. Now that Tyrone Taylor, Tyrone Taylor is back as well. So now that he's up, you're not. Tyrone Taylor is probably not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Brian Anderson, he's too important. He's not going anywhere. Owen Miller, he's lighting the world on fire. You can't send him down. Owen Miller, like prior to this, Owen Miller probably was going to be the guy who would be sent down. Yeah. If this, if Arias came back in April, Miller was probably going down. Yep. To to clear. Hundred percent. Miller was probably the last guy on the roster, and the Brewers decided to keep him. And now with Arias coming back and the position player group getting closer to full strength, what do they do? Who gets sent down? How are they going to make room? Because you can't take you can't take Miller out of this lineup right now. You mm-hmm. just can't. So is it going to be Terang, who's been exceptional at second base and has been really solid hitter? Is it going to be Brasso? The, those are probably your two options. Brasso, they, they really like, and he's been a good utility guy for them. And he does well against lefties, so... That, that's really kind of what you're looking at for for sending a guy down to clear room for Urias. Yeah, I I almost would lead towards Brasso as well because yeah, like you said, if you're if you're looking strictly at the utility guys, which is kind of where Urias kind of fits into as well. He can play third, he can play short, he can play second if you really need him to. Um, Brasso is the one who's performing the worst overall. Like yes, he mm-hmm. hits lefties well. But, like, uh, for overall numbers on the season, he and Terang, uh, at the time that I kind of wrote the article on who goes when Urias comes back, um, they, they kind of have some similar numbers there in uh, batting average and on-base percentage. But, again, uh, Terang is an elite defender at second base. Brasso is passable kind of at best. He's already got five errors at third base somehow. He barely even plays. He's got five errors at third base already. Um <laughs> The problem with all of this is that Urias is on the 60-day injured list. So when mm. he comes back, Tehran, uh being added to the roster made 40. So the 40-man is at 40. When Urias comes back, someone's got to come off of it. So, like, you can option Brasso, that's great, but that doesn't solve the 40-man problem. And I can't imagine they're going to DFA Brasso. Like, there's no way. They'd love the guy. Um, so then that's where, like, I start going into, like, so does Ruff, Darren Ruff end up being kind of just a temporary solution? And when Arias is back, it's like, well, thanks for your contributions. Do do they decide that they do want to keep Ruff and move on from Voight? I don't know. Like, it's, and then there's, there's also a number of, like, you've got guys at the end, like, if if you're going to, like, maybe DFA a pitcher instead of a hitter, like, because you could always do that. You've got guys at the end of the bottom of the roster totem pole, like J.B. Bukowskis and Bennett Souza and guys like that. Like, you know, you could have a, a pretty easy DFA there if it really came to it. But 
there's there's kind of a twofold uh, bit of action that's going to have to happen when Urias returns. And yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. My money's on Brasso, I think, kind of like you, because um, I, I just I don't think the the middle up the middle defense for the Brewers is part of why they are still in first place, considering that they're patching their rotation and their offense is not performing the way they would like it to. Mm-hmm. The defense is what is helping them still win games. And a lot of that is because, and Brewers have always prioritized that up the middle defense, center, short, second, catcher. Bryce Terang at second is as much of a reason for that as anyone on that team. And the Brewers aren't just going to forget about that. No way. Yeah. And here's another thing with Brasso. Typically, he's been, you know, last year he was a really good hitter against lefties. This year, not so much. Mm. In 40 at-bats, Brasso's hitting 200 with a 588 OPS. Yeah. Meanwhile, against righties, in 22 at-bats, he's hitting 273 with a 969 OPS. So he's got. So now his, his splits have kind of gone back, and now he's better against righties mm-hmm. than he is against lefties. So, you know, if Brasso's thing is is defensive versatility and being able to hit lefties, he's not hitting lefties <laughs> right now. And the defensive versatility, the Brewers have that in plenty of their other guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've got they they would have Rios at that point and Terang who can back up short. Mm-hmm. Miller could back up short, honestly, if you needed him to. So you got plenty of guys there. Same with third base and, and second base, all of his positions. So, yeah, I, I think at this point it, it almost has to be Brasso because Miller is just playing so out of his mind, you cannot send him down. Um, and, and Brasso just isn't. He just overall isn't isn't hitting that well. So that makes the most sense to me. But, yeah, the 40-man spot is what makes it – all the more intriguing because I don't see them DFAing Mike Brasso. Right. I don't see them doing that um, if they can avoid it. And Brasso, he does still have options left. I mean, he's got less than five years of service time. They, they can option him down if they want to. But, you know, would they DFA? I don't think so. Um you know, and would they clear out a guy like Darren Ruff just to make room for for Urias? I don't think so. So that's probably what you're looking at. I with, if you're with all of this too, because um, of course, you know, saw plenty of the replies to the um, article about who could go when Urias comes back. The amount of people who said just don't bring Arias back. Just let him go. Just trade him. Just cut him. Blah, 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 blah. Is just was mind blowing. Like, and it's just the, the whole recency bias is insane. Like it's, we basically already forgotten that Urias has been a good contributor. His 20, he, he had a cold beginning to 2022 his numbers in the end weren't actually that far off of 2021 outside of his cumulative stats. So like home runs, RBIs, run scored, that stuff was obviously way down because he missed a bunch of time. Um, but like he still had an OPS over 700. His uh, batting average, I think, was within 10 points of his 21 batting yeah. average. Like he wasn't that terrible last year. And so to see all these people... It's it's social media. I get it. But like to see all all the people who are like, oh, just whatever, just we don't need Urias back. It's like the the Brewers are in the bottom third of the league in offense. I'd like to see someone different come in and try and give them a little spark. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not going to be Garrett Mitchell, you know, we got to see. And Urias, I mean, he also brings energy. He is mm-hmm. like the little brother of the team. Um, and just, especially, you know, him and Adamas together, it just brings a whole lot. So, you know, I think getting Arias back out there would do a lot for, for this offense, for this team, just, just mentally, uh, mm-hmm. seeing him back out there, you know, same thing with, with, with Mitchell, just seeing exactly. him out there, having him in the dugout, in the clubhouse, I think would do a lot for this group, uh, and maybe help them get him get back on track. Even if, you know, Arias himself at the plate isn't a world beater, like Owen Miller is, uh, you know, he's still important to to have out there. 
um, and they can they can work these guys around and and find ways to make it work. And you know, if if need be, maybe put some guys in the in the DH spot. Maybe give Jesse Winker a bit of a rest because Jesse Winker yeah. has not been uh has not been going too hot uh, for the first two months of the season here. It's it it's been a struggle to watch. Yeah, he man, those first few games he was solid before yeah. he had that bout of bronchitis. Like he was he was solid. He you know uh was putting up some numbers. Like all right, this is gonna be a move that works out. He ends up going through that stuff, missing some games. And it's like he just has not been able to get it back going ever since then. And I, like I I don't think it has anything to do with that. Like I'm not saying lingering effects or anything like that, but it just it's, it's just possible. odd that, like, ever since then, he just has not been able to get on a roll. And him coming to the NL Central and, you know, being in Miller Park, uh, American Family Field, damn it, um, <laughs> and all these other NL Central parks where he's traditionally had success, that was supposed to, like, be make him a prime bounce-back candidate. And we're almost two months into the season, and he just, yeah, just he hasn't even hit a homer yet. No. He has yet to hit his first homer. His strikeout rate is up. His, his batting average is more in line with, with last year's in like 220. Mm-hmm. You know, his on-base percentage is is at the lowest it's ever been. His slugging is almost nothing. Uh, it, it's been it's been rough to watch. Uh, yeah. He's been he's been really bad. He's been really struggling all season long, and. Just not being able to to put it together, and it's frustrating. And at some point, you have to look at this and maybe take him out of the DH spot because I mean, he brings you nothing defensively. He brings you absolutely nothing defensively. You can't, he's he's a liability out there in the outfield. The Brewers don't even put him out there ever. He's your DH, and he's not aching. <laughs> he's he's not hitting. Like you, you got to try something else, especially when Arias comes back. You got to fit Miller into the lineup. You got to you got to fit Terang in there. You got to fit Urias in there. You got to fit Anderson in there. And there's only so many spots for those guys. One of them you can easily put at DH, and they'd be better than than Winker at this point. And you know I'd like to see Winker turn it around, but you're two months in. Like th- th- this is beyond a small sample size. Th- th- this is a large enough sample size to make decisions at this point. And Winker's only on, he's, he's only got one year left. He's a free agent at the end of the year. I'm not saying that the Brewers are going to move on from him mid season, but it's something that you could consider if, if this continues further on. Yeah. It's weird how this trade has ended up working out because Colton Wong is not doing well for Seattle. Like has that, he already lost his job over there. I, I, I think he might've. He, I know I, I, I saw an article come across kind of about just looking into just the, the weird situation that he's in. Uh, Winker hasn't worked out over here. The one part of that trade that's working out exceptionally well is freaking, uh, or no, that was a different trade. Wasn't it? I was going to say Justin Topa, but was he part of that trade? That was a different trade. That was a different trade entirely. Topa for Joseph, for Joseph Hernandez. That's right. Okay. That's, I, 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 Caught myself there at the end. Toro, that's the other part of the trade, duh. Yeah, um, and, and he's, he's been down in AAA. He hasn't even been able to to make the big league roster at all this year. Right, by no fault of his own, he's doing very well. Uh, he had like uh, on base streak reached around thirty at one yeah. point. With the but he struggled in spring training and lost his chance. And now yeah. Owen Miller is is playing too well, and there there's no way he's coming up. Yeah, so. Just stay ready. God knows we'll probably need him at some point, the way injuries have gone. Not as much with the offense as the pitching, but... Yeah, Colton Wong has lost his starting job. He has played... He's been in the starting lineup once in the last uh, six days. Oof. Jose Caballero, the rookie, has taken over. Mm. So that's uh, it's a rough situation for Colton Wong. He has been uh, battling through it. The Brewers got out of that at the right time. The best part of that trade for the Brewers, really, was clearing the deck... For Bryce Terang. Yeah. Clearing Wong out of there. Like, yes, you get Jesse Winker, who, I mean, he's a solid bounce back bet. He just hasn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes solid bets still don't work out. That's why they're bets. And, you know, the the best part of that trade for the Brewers was clearing the deck for Terang. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like Terang is quite hitting yet the way that, you know, Wong was for a while as, as a member of the Brewers. But he has had his moments, that's for sure. He's got a grand slam to his name. So, I mean, he's doing something. Um, and he's playing much better defense than Wong was in that last season with the Brewers because for whatever reason, his defense just fell off a cliff out of nowhere. Um, that has been a step up since Terang has been able to uh, join the lineup for sure. Um, and just one, one more just note on Winker, too. Pulling up his fan graphs, it, I don't I don't understand where his uh, struggles are coming from, because when you look at like a lot of his um, his plate discipline metrics, swinging inside the zone, outside the zone, contact rate, all that stuff, it, it's the same. Like it's right around basically what he's done for his career. His chase rate isn't isn't high. He's always it's funny. I was one of the early games this year I was had had to listen to. Um, uh, the uh, opposing team's broadcast, and they were going gushing about Jesse Winker and how he never stru- swings at pitches outside of the zone that he shouldn't, which I, I did not realize that was one of his strengths. Go and look it up afterwards, and sure enough, he's he's actually got the best mark there of his career outside of his rookie season. So it's not like he's chasing pitches that he shouldn't chase or anything like that, like you know, a lot of players who struggle end up doing, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if he, maybe the results just aren't there. Could mean that, hey, that he just has to keep at it and eventually it'll kind of uh, happen Follows for him. Barrel rate is all of 2.7%. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Um, That's probably where he's going wrong. Right. He's not he's able not to barrel anything up. Swearing. Yeah. Because um, even as uh, BABIP is 301, that's not horrible. Yeah, it's actually slightly above his career rate. So I don't know. Uh, still could happen. Still could get the bounce back if he just, you know, might mean he's just barely off, just not quite squaring. But like just small adjustment makes it happen. We'll see. But uh, I mean, the Brewers are paying him quite a bit. Uh, They took on quite a bit of that uh, last year of his contract. So. (laughs) <laughs> he's yeah. going to have to do something at some point. He's going to get yeah, they, they made the money balance out with Colton Wong. So, I mean, they're, they're essentially paying uh, the same amount. He's got like eight right. and a quarter million on his salary. And the Brewers also paid like a, a million and, and three quarters because Wong's mm-hmm. option was for 10 year was for 10 million. So they, they made it balance out. Um, so that's, I mean, this is what they got with them. Uh, they're, yep. they're paying him eight and a quarter million this year before he reaches free agency. And I like what council did the other day, dropping him down to the six spot. I think that's what they need to do. They need to drop him lower in the lineup. Uh, just, you know, get him maybe some, some different looks, uh, you know, being in a different spot, not trying to hit ahead of Rowdy Telez and William Contreras and, and guys like that. So I, I think that would be good for him to, to kind of keep him down there and maybe move up guys like Brian Anderson and Owen Miller and, and put them higher in the order uh, to because they're hitting well. I mean, th- those are the hot hands. You you put them higher in the lineup, get them get them to the plate more. That's mm-hmm. what they should be doing. So we'll see how that goes. I'd like to see Winker drop a little bit until he's able to to figure things out at the plate. So the big news of the week beyond the, the Julio Tehran signing and everything else. The drama of the ah, week. Yes. Rob Manfred. Boo. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he comes to town and immediately as he announces his trip, he's coming to town. Whispers start coming in that the brewers might relocate. He's coming in surveying the stadium and all the problems with it, all the problems with American Family Field, the renovations, the maintenance, the funding that the Brewers want from the state. And Rob Manfred comes to town, and next thing you know, we're seeing we need money or else we're going to relocate. And everyone loses their <laughs> mind. Because here we go once again with threats of relocation if we don't get money from the state. There's been debate going back and forth about, what, $290 million or so 
in state funding for the ballpark district for maintenance for American Family Field. And Rob Banford comes to town and he's like, this is a great ballpark. The government needs to figure out how to get this uh, funding obligation filled. He kept using that word, that phrase funding obligation. That was mm-hmm. definitely the, the, the key phrase that he just kind of wrote down on a note card to just kind of repeat yeah. over and over and over funding obligation, funding obligation, funding obligation, just kind of hammer that home. That that's definitely what he was, what he was here to do. It, Rob Manfred was here to put more pressure on the state to provide funding for the stadium. That's, that's pretty much what this was. Yeah. Absolutely, which, you know, these are, of course, the games that get to be played between uh, professional sports teams and municipalities and everything when it comes to either building new stadiums or repairing existing stadiums or all this stuff that, you know, happens. And you can, everyone certainly has their opinions on, you know, whether taxpayers or states or cities or anything like that should foot any of a bill when it comes to uh, professional sports stadiums or whether, you know, multimillionaire or billionaire owners should have the money to be able to just do that themselves. Anyone's opinion really in that, I'm not going to argue with because I I can see it both ways if you're going to go through that. But Fact of the matter is, um, the Brewers do have a stadium that does need some improvements. Um, as as you note <laughs> in your article, certainly not to the point of uh, Oakland or Tampa or anything mm-hmm. like that. They, so, they do not have possums living in the broadcast booths, uh, well, to my knowledge. And they do not have sewage backing up into the clubhouse nope. uh, or dugouts or anything like that. So, um, And people show up. <laughs> most yeah. most of all, people are still showing up to the stadium, um, so it's still doing something right, clearly, uh, but it does need to get kind of a little bit up and uh, uh, more with the times, as they say. Got to uh, update the beer lines and the soda lines, because mm-hmm. those are the things, like, it, it's a lot of the things, like, behind the scenes that, that people don't really see or notice yeah. that much that, that have been the issues um, it's not really front facing stuff like, like you have in Oakland and Tampa, uh, yeah. but, but it's just like maintenance things like that with, with concession stands, you know, in the back with, with, with beer lines, soda lines, whatever. A lot of times when I go there, they, they don't have lids for like, like mm-hmm. I try to order a soda and they're like, yeah, we don't have uh, medium sized lids. I'm like, this was the opening day, mind <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, that's opening right. day. And they didn't have lids. I was like, what do you mean you're out of lids? It's opening day. Like, this should be the day that you're fully stocked on lids. You had several months to prepare for this, and you don't have any lids? Anyways, but, yeah, so so it's just kind of like things like that, just like, you know, maintenance stuff in the background. You know, it's not like the, it's not like the building is completely falling apart uh, like you have in Oakland or uh, Wrigley. You know, if we want to talk about stadiums that need upgrades, how about the one with a brick wall in the outfield and absolutely <laughs> no padding and piss troughs for bathrooms? Mm-hmm. You know, how about that? How about they need an upgrade? Uh, but, you know, the the thing that always comes in is is the, the threat of relocation. If we don't get what we want, we're going to relocate and, and move the franchise elsewhere. And to Manfred's credit, and I don't generally give him a lot, Uh, You know, in his actual comments, there was nothing to indicate he was looking to relocate the franchise. You know, that's not something that they're considering. Um, You know, the Oakland and and Tampa Bay legit possibilities. That's something that Manfred has talked about. But those like those funding fights, Tampa Bay and and Oakland, they have been battling for funding issues for about a decade, maybe more. This fight for funding is a few weeks old. Mm-hmm. Like we've got a ways to go until we got to worry about funding being an issue and, and this team having to having to relocate. But the fears, because of what everyone remembers from the Milwaukee Braves in in the 1960s, when they actually left town, and just not wanting that to happen again, and the fight that it took from Bud Selig to get the Brewers and to get a team back here. It's something that you don't want to go through again. 
And I, I think this time, like, if they were to leave, and they're not, mm. if they were, you're not getting them back. It it, it would be the I, I don't know if you would ever be able to get them back. You know, it's not just five years later, five long years later, you get you know a new franchise moving around. You don't see a lot of moving and shaking with franchises anymore. Mm-hmm. And expansion is only going to be so much. And if you move out and then they expand, like they're, they're not just going to expand to a place that they just just moved out of. They're not going to do that. So you got to keep them here. At the same time, any sort of threat of relocation at this point is empty. They're, they're not going anywhere. You know, the, this is just a little added pressure from Manfred to be like, hey guys, let's let's get the funding obligation done. Yeah, the the Brewers are they're 13th in the league in average attendance this year, a little bit over 28,000 per game. That generally starts a little lower at the beginning of the year and then increases as school gets out. It's kind of just traditionally how Milwaukee's and the weather been. warms up. Exactly. Um, so um, could even bop up a couple spots. Finished 14th last year. Generally, always in the top half of the league in attendance. Like. They draw people. They make money Mm -hmm. for the league. Like it's, they're not going to relocate a team that's in the top half of the league in attendance. It's just not going to happen. That is a poor business decision. So, like, don't worry about that part. It's exactly like you're saying. He's here to just put a little bit of pressure and 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 hopefully, like, actually start to move things forward a little bit, which in this state can be tough sometimes so um maybe an outside influence uh could be a little bit helpful yeah the the one the guy who has the power to relocate you know the 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 big name the commissioner Mm -hmm. has has come in and and he's just gonna you know give his comments on it because yeah you know mark atanasio you know that they know mark atanasio he's been around here plenty enough but you know the commissioner coming in it's a little bit different yeah just putting some pressure on it but yeah it's not something to be concerned about but it's just it's just the fears in in everyone in the back of everyone's mind because as as much as you may think the the threat of relocation is empty they probably thought that in the 1960s as well and then next thing you know the braves left and it hurt it 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 hurt like i you know just talking i wasn't obviously there for it but my dad was and you know he was talking about you know, that kind of hurt that you feel when when the franchise leaves, when you're a kid who loves watching baseball and all of a sudden your your team is gone, move, moves mm-hmm. to Atlanta, moves elsewhere. And it's it's something that that sticks with you. So obviously you want them to stay in and they're not going anywhere. You know, Rob Manfred could not be more complimentary of the ballpark. He, he mm-hmm. loves having, you know, baseball here. Uh, you know, thinks it's going to be great for a while. It, it's just, yeah, add a pressure. But the Journal Sentinel with their headline, it's like, oh, yeah. you need to provide funding for American Family Field or else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, come on, you guys. Do we really need to stir up this drama? Do we really need the or else? We know what you're getting at with the or else. Like, do, do, you, do you have to do that? As bloggers, Matt, we usually get hit. Like, it, it's people... It's bloggers that usually do clickbaity crap, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, like things like that. Like that would be like a typical blog type headline, right? But the Journal Sentinel pulled that. Come on, you guys. Like, like seriously, is is that what we're doing? Yeah, eh. I I saw from a few sources. Like the first ones, kind of that like jumped on this story, were a little. Uh, Sky is falling about it almost in the way that in the way that they worded the headlines. You're right. Or yeah. worded the uh, the links on social media. And of course, of course, the way if, if you're going to put it that way, then, yes, it's going to raise some alarms for people until you actually like read about it or you actually wait for Manfred to come here and offer up actual comments about it. And then it's like, oh, OK, well, clearly not as big a deal as some were making it out to be like. Yeah, frustrating, but now we've gotten to hear from the man himself, the Manfred himself, um, yes. and don't worry, everyone, it'll be fine. 
Yeah, it's it's not a lot of times you can take Rob Manfred at his word for anything. Yeah. Uh, but he is not negotiating a CBA here, so we do have yeah. that going for us. That's true. At we, least. We got but... nothing to lose now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just a just a little, you know, push, a little friendly push for the state to fulfill its funding obligation. That's that's the buzzword, the funding obligation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what I'm going to title this episode. Funding obligation. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But um, yeah, so nothing to be uh, concerned about. And I wrote as, as, as much in the article. I'm not worried about anything. And They'll work out something for financing, I'm sure. Will it be $290 million? Probably not, you know, but it'll be something. Um, and apparently, getting a new scoreboard next year. It's going to cost like $6.5 million. Can we just yeah, get a new I, scoreboard? I, yeah, we got a new scoreboard 12 years ago, I want to say. I think it was like 2010, 2011 they, they changed it up. Um, I, I swore it was like five. No, Maybe. I don't know. I now I'd, now I'd have to check that, but uh, I just I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not saying for sure one way or the other. It just feels like it was barely even that long ago. I thought it was ten years into the stadium, so I thought it was like 2011 or so. Okay. 2011, 2012. So now this one's been going on ten years or so. So is, is that just the lifespan of the scoreboard now? Ten years? I I don't even know. Sure. But, <laughs> yeah, but I guess getting a fancy new scoreboard uh, oh. that's going to be coming. So this is why they had to take Corbin Burns to arbitration uh, so that they could save <laughs> that little bit extra money uh, in order to to afford a new scoreboard for next year. Okay, had to get that's, that's the only explanation. Only explanation. All right. Well, that will do it for us. On, on that happy note, uh, <laughs> the Brewers are staying. They're not going anywhere. Don't worry about uh, relocation. Not going to be happening. So on that happy note, we will sign off. We'll see you next time. And hopefully we'll have some more uh, some more fun coming up soon uh, here on the Cold Brew Podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.